I'm Carly Zakin. I'm Danielle Weisberg. Welcome to Skim from the Couch. This podcast is where we go deep on career advice from women who have lived it. From the good stuff like hiring and growing a team. To the rough stuff like negotiating your salary and giving hard feedback. This is a special live episode of the podcast with some very special guests. Drum roll, please. Us. Us. <laughs> and model and entrepreneur Ashley Graham as your host. So back in June, we were on tour for our number one best-selling book, How to Skim Your Life. We had live events in 10 cities, and we got to meet so many of you there. We can't tell you how exciting that was for us and how appreciative we are for all of you. It was amazing, and it was so much fun for us because we flipped the script, and we got to share our backstory, how we met. And then how we met again. And then why we decided to quit our jobs and launch the skim from our couch. And all of the things we've learned along the way. This week is actually the seventh anniversary of when we started the company and sent out the first Daily Skim email. So to celebrate our birthday week and to share our tour with you, we've got a live recording of the New York How to Skim Your Life Night Out. We were so honored to have so many inspiring women as our moderators throughout the tour, including the fabulous and hilarious model and entrepreneur, Ashley Graham. She did an amazing job. We were so nervous that night. It was the first night of the tour and she totally put us at ease. You'll see. And yes, there's a lightning round. Please welcome to the stage model, entrepreneur, and host Ashley Graham and the co-founders of The Skim, Carly Zakin and Danielle Weisberg. So everybody that's still getting wine, you're missing out. <laughs> Where you at? Everybody, hold up your drinks. These are people who like knew what they wanted when they got here. Yes. We like decisiveness. Uh-huh. And actually, one of the first pages when you open up the book, if you haven't already, is it's about wine. It's like where the, where the grapes are grown and how to sip it and, and how to choose it. And I thought, oh, if I only knew this in my early it's 20s, yeah. I didn't That's have to raise my, pen, my pinky. Yes. Like I was that girl. That was. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, we had to lead with the important things in life. And right? it is quite yeah. important. It's important to us. And now, now I know. Thank you at 31. Okay, so something fun that Carly and Danielle do, I just want to jump in, you guys, is they do their highs and their lows every week. And I really want to know what some of your highs and your lows have been this month. So highs and lows started because when we first started the company, we had our very first employee came to us and she was like, I came to a startup because I wanted it to feel like a team and like we were all in it together and I don't feel that way. We're like, okay, great. Um, And we're like, what do you suggest we do about that? And she was like, I don't know if we all need to get a drink together or what, but we need to come up with something. Mm -hmm. And luckily, one of our other early employees, he and his girlfriend, used to end each day with their high and the low of the day. And while the relationship didn't work out, we (laughs) stole it. And now it's a skim tradition. That's good. That's good. Um, sorry, so we should do our highs yeah. and lows? Yeah, okay. now, now we do our well, highs and lows. I think this is the high. I, mean, yeah. I think I speak for both of us. This is crazy. This is my hometown. A whole family is here. <laughs> Where's the fam? All right there in the fam. front row. Those are my parents. Those are my aunts. My, my whole family's here. Uh, Where's the cousins? And they're, they're literally all right here. <laughs> I love uh, it. We're surrounded. Surrounded. Low. I think low. Uh, there's, I have like a drop-down living room, like, like two steps in my living room. And today I fell off of it twice. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to break my foot before the tour. Whoa, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, I felt bad you for myself. You should put caution tape up. I know. 
Jeez. Um, so my high is this. It's amazing. We started off with um, someone who has worked really hard on this tour texted us this morning and said, you know, I remember over a little bit over a year ago, skim book was a question mark and with a year attached to it. Um, and it felt like this huge thing that we had as an idea that had always kind of been in the back of our minds. And you guys all here, uh, it's amazing. And it's like beyond what we could have ever thought of. No lows. Wait, what are your highs? Yeah. Oh, high is that I read the skim this weekend and I learned a lot about history that I had no idea. Thank like, you. Thank you, public school of Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my low is that I was sitting in traffic all day. Oh. Yeah, it really does suck, but hey. What a low. What a low to have. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I feel like we're just all friends and we really need to get to know the two of you a little bit more, Carly and Danielle. So um, tell me about how you guys met and where this all began and then yeah. where you got this genius idea to do the skim. This is like Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're trying. All right. Uh, so we met very randomly. We like to say we had a, the most glamorous startup story um, of all time, which is we met in Italy, in Rome. Ooh. Uh, I know. Uh, we. One of those like Christina, whatever Barcelona. Like, I mean, like no, kind of. No, Hillary Duff kind of movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, but right. we, I was going another way. <laughs> we did, um, we went to uh, separate colleges and we randomly signed up for the same program um, through Temple University in Rome. It was a small program and there were probably like 150 kids on it and we um, both were looking for fried artichokes in Rome and bonded over the search for the fried artichokes. Um, and so we were friendly, we never talked about like work or career aspirations, we were 20 years old. Um, and then Flash forward, we graduate, we both get jobs at NBC News. And it turned out we had interned for the same people in different summers. We were just like ships passing in the night. And I remember um, my second week on the job, I read an article written by Danielle Weisberg for the department I used to intern for. So I Facebook messaged her and I was like, is this you? And she's like, yes, is this you? Uh, <laughs> very smart. And, uh, <laughs> she didn't want a catfish moment. No. Uh, and then we became really good friends, um, obviously just colleagues in the same space. Um, we both lived in DC and then in New York, we became roommates. Do you want to tell the rest? Yeah. So I grew up in Chicago and no matter what was going on in the day, we sat at dinner together and you didn't get a pass for being a kid. Like you had to have a question or an opinion about what was going on in the world. Um, and I think that was awesome. And I never really realized that it was different than maybe how other people lived and what their you know dinner time routines or even their relationship with what was going on in the news that day was. Um, Mine was not like yeah. that. Mine was like forced to eat your peas and like, <laughs> What did you learn in school? That's it. Well, I also fed like my peas to my dog. Oh, so like there was, yeah, it. it was like a diversion <laughs> tactic. Um, but so, you know, we grew up um, always knowing what was going on and also really pushed to be entrepreneurial. One of the biggest lessons that my mom gave me was to always have your own money. Wow. Um, what did your mom and dad do? So they, um, my dad worked um, in the Chicago Board of Trade okay. and my mom was a realtor and they both kind of started their They're own just small businesses. 
And my sister and I had to set up lemonade stands every year during the Chicago Air and Water Show, which is like the busiest time of the year. And we actually would make enough money to like buy the thing that we wanted. Oh, nice. um, and so that kind of They were instilling that in you completely. at a young age. Yes. And I think you were the same. Yeah, um, I think both of us, you know, our moms definitely both drove both of us to be able to take care of yourself. Um, and sorry, Dad, you also, you also did. But, uh, <laughs> but I think uh, both of our moms were very entrepreneurial. And um, it was very much about if you want something, you have to be the one to fight for it. Wow. So then the birth of the skim yes. happened when? 2012, almost seven years ago. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. So, so we, you get in the seven-year itch? That's why you wrote the book? Yeah, that's why. So we could do the tour. Yeah. 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 We went to take a vacation. This was the way to do yeah. it. Uh, no, so we, you know, for us, um, we both were in news and, and we loved it. And we both always wanted to be in news. We both always wanted to work where we worked. And, you know, we graduated college in 2008. And I think a lot of people in this audience can relate to that, where you see industries that you always dreamed of literally falling apart before before your very eyes. And any sort of um, security around what a traditional career path looked like really didn't exist for most career paths. And we had to figure out how to tap into that entre entrepreneurial spirit, which I don't think we both knew we necessarily had. Um, so we used to talk about you know, one day we'll do something. And we used to call it the project. And like literally to this day on my computer, my folder for the skim is called Project TBD. Uh, I should probably rename it, but. Uh, <laughs> but that's cute. It it's like me. nostalgic. Yeah, but uh, you know, we both, um, we knew that something had to change. And at the same time, um, you know, our friends and family every day would come to us and say, fill me in what happened today. And we saw that we were that resource. Um, and it wasn't because we were smarter. It was literally because we were paid to read wires all day. Um, and so we realized there was just this disconnect between how traditional media was reaching this audience. Um, we knew that this audience was so special to go after, not only because we're part of it, but also, you know, we all see the stats that this, this millennial woman is out earning her male counterparts. We're getting a seat at the table for the first time. There's a lot of us who are the future legislators, the largest voting block. And at the same time, like, we have a lot of burdens. We have more student debt than any generation before. We're making less than our parents at the same age. We can't afford homes. And so we also knew that there was um, really a gap in how we were getting our news and information, and we could fill it. Um, so we, you know, we didn't know much. We had no business background. We had no financial background. Um, but we had an idea. We had $4,000 saved between the two of us. We were roommates in the West That's Village. Uh, our parents thought we were certifiably insane. And <laughs> they, they, were they like, pretend that they didn't think that, yeah. but they did think that. <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of phone calls of like, are you sure? Like but our like, dads really got on sure? the phone together yeah. and they were like, really? I'm really worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a big deal when the dads talk. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, the they were very like, oh, yeah. Um, wow. And so we were very much on our own, but we knew that, um, you know, we didn't know much, but we knew that email was the way to get in front of this audience. We knew that if we could be a part of this audience's every morning routine, we could figure the rest out. And um, we, we had a brand before we had the business and it took off. Wow. That's impressive. Well, you've been a part of my morning routine for a very long time. My thank mom introduced you. me to the skim, and I've been reading it, I think, for the last five years. So I thank you, because now I know a little bit more than I would have. Because if it didn't happen on Facebook or Instagram, I don't know. <laughs> so here we are, and we're all here to celebrate how to skim your life. Yes. And this is such an exciting launch, and I want to know where now, here we are seven years into the skim. What made you guys want to write this book? And also, what do you expect all of us to take away from it? 
So what made us write the book uh, was two things, really. One is that we have had this enormous privilege of talking to millions of women every single day for seven years. And that is a huge responsibility and a huge privilege, and we have loved it. And what we found is that there are a lot of things that we don't know and no one knows everything. And the common denominator is that we're all smart and we don't have a lot of time. And the time that you do have, you wanna spend it on meaningful things. So we put this book together, um, really thinking through how do you navigate adulthood? How can we create a reference book to growing up? Um, the other reason why we wrote it is because we made a lot of mistakes. Mm. Um, and we did a lot Didn't of things. Didn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> like you. that time I charged spring break on my credit card and didn't understand that interest like compounds over time. That was not a good Ew. decision, right? Yeah. And um, I think that... Or like that time I didn't know I had to pay taxes. Yeah. Well, I didn't have that one, but... <laughs> You figure that out. As a mo- they don't take taxes out of models' paychecks. Right, they don't. No, so you need they just to pay you all the money, and you think, oh, it's all mine. No, it's not. I hope you. <laughs> if only I had the skin, how to skin my life. Or an accountant. Yeah. I had, I had a okay. really crappy accountant, apparently. So one of the things that we talk about a lot is um, how to ask the right questions, right? Because I, you could be like, oh, go get an accountant. What do you say to that person? You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And for years, people have been like, oh, um, you know, you should really get a financial advisor. And we were like, are they going to tell me how to get myself out of credit card debt? Because, like, that is the type of financial advisor that we needed at that point. And we didn't even, we felt like such a starting from zero lack of confidence of when you go into these meetings, what do you even ask? And that is not fair. Like, there should not be industries that are based off of all of us collectively not understanding what we're signing up for going in. And that seems like, again, like a really simple idea of just distilling the information, kind of coming together and saying like, we all have these questions. No one has it figured out. So let's create something that can help solve it. And that's what we tried to do. We always knew that we wanted to probably do a book. I think we were very lucky early on when the traction and the skim happened so quickly. We got opportunities to do a lot of different things. And one of the best pieces of advice we got early on was have focus. So we said no to everything, including a lot of different types of books. And saying no can be scary. Saying no can be scary. We got really good at that. And then it was like, okay. And then it's empowering. Well, yeah, but then it was also like we weren't being strategic about what we were saying yes to. And so we finally, you know, we got this amazing team, which a lot of them are here tonight. And, you know, I think it felt right. We knew that we had gotten, you know, obviously we're so well known for news and what we've done in that space and voter registration and our civic engagement work. But there are all these other areas of um, kind of the unsexy parts, if you will, of being an adult that we want to make it easier to be smarter in. And we knew that now is the time to do that. Um, So this was in many ways a long time coming. Um, but uh, I think it kind of just poured out of us. We were we were ready for this. That brings me to my next question is like we're talking about networking and you got I know a lot of you just got the book tonight, but they talked. There's like a whole big chapter on networking. So I want to hear how was how did how did you start networking? What was that like? 
And I want to talk about rejection. So I will say, like, you know, there's everyone is going to relate to a section of the book where you're like, this is the thing I'm good at, and this is definitely the thing I'm not good at. Networking, thankfully, because I think of two things. One of our career in news, um, you're forced to be really good at asking questions and being good at talking to strangers. Well, and that's how we first met. We were at a dinner. We were placed together. And we're in Philadelphia. And we, yeah, and we just became friends. I know. And it was <laughs> because right, you're a good communicator. But it was right before your career totally took off and you have not changed a bit in a good oh, way. Um, but uh, no You can tell me something. No. <laughs> you were great. Uh, but no, so we networking was something that I think came naturally a little bit to us. And I, I do credit both of our moms for that and that we were both instilled like go after for what you want. No one's gonna fight for you better than you can fight Look for yourself. Great moms. Um, and and uh, we I think it was something that there was a tenacity in us early on. I mean, I remember my dream in life was to work at NBC News. And Jeff Zucker, who at the time ran the Today Show and then ran NBC News, I got his email address when I was like a senior in high school. And I had emailed him for literally like seven years. Um, he never responded. Um, but Still I would, to this day? Well, he has to this day. So, okay. so flash forward. So I used to write him. I'd be like, hey, Jeff, like I'm working on this piece at my high school newspaper. And he never respond. Or like, hey, Jeff, like I just want to let you know, like I'm studying this in my English class at college. No response. Uh, or like I'm looking for an internship. And it was fine. I felt there was a connection and one day he would realize that. And um, then I met him um, in my early 20s, right before, um, really right when the skim uh, started to take off. And he did remember. Um, and I, I really, I think it was a great lesson. He didn't say good or bad how he remembered it. But I think it was a great lesson in that um, everyone checks their email. Like, just because you don't get a response doesn't mean someone didn't see it. And there is a very polite way to stalk. Um, and I think we talk, we talk a lot about that in the book. I mean, one of our, our most embarrassing but also proud moments. Um, do you want to tell it? Yes. Okay. So um, there is this amazing woman. Her name is Susan Line. Um, and she has run Guilt Group. She was running Martha Stewart. Um, she is just like this phenomenal woman. She runs a venture firm here for any um, potential entrepreneurs called BBV BBG, Built by Girls. Um, and at the time, she was running Guilt Group. And we were we had heard that like there was this breakfast. And if you, you could, if you could, no, oh. like if you could get an invite to the breakfast, then it was like unlocking the doors to networking in New York City. Um, and we were like, okay, great. Like, how do we, how do we meet her? And so we saw somewhere that um, she was going to speak at an event. And so we somehow like finagled our way into the hotel where they were having the event, and we it waited. Was at the Pierre Hotel in New York. Um, so we definitely didn't buy a ticket. Nope. Yeah. And <laughs> Did you get a room at the hotel? No. No. I, mean, I didn't know the extreme. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. So um, we waited outside of the bathroom, and <laughs> we, you know, thought that like at some point we would probably run into her, and we did. <laughs> and so creepy would have been going in after her, but we had some class, so we stood outside and just waited for her to came out, come out, and then we pounced. Um, and we got invited to that breakfast, and that's actually how we met most of our advisors in New York. And it made the biggest difference in terms of support ever since. 
Um, I think also like one of my favorite networking stories, which is how I got my first job, was I was waitressing in Chicago. Um, and waitressing was awesome, even though I was horrible at it, because you get to meet so many different people. And when you talk about networking, something that I think is really hard for people is to walk up to strangers and say, hey, here's, you know, I'm Danielle. Um, and that is exactly what I had to do every single day when I was waitressing. And so it kind of forced me out there. And one day, I'm waitressing, it's a Sunday, and football is on, and Willie Geist, who is now on the Today Show, um, but back then was um, up and coming, he was on Morning Joe, um, he walked into the bar. And I had, I think, stalked the producers at Morning Joe because there was a job opening, and I was like desperate for it. I wanted it. Um, and I had emailed everyone and not heard anything back. Not like a yes or a no, or like read receipts weren't a thing. Um, and <laughs> so he walks in and I go up to him and his friends. Um, and I just said, hi, my name's Danielle and I like applied for your show and I really want the job. And <laughs> like just, and he was so kind. Um, and he gave me his contact information, wow. and he actually sent me a letter of recommendation for my first job. And you got it. I got it, wow. yes. And then I was so excited, I spilled beer on a child's head after. <laughs> but, on a child's head? Well, like waitressing, you know, the oh, trays. Yeah. It just, oh. it happened. Oh. Did you, I mean, you must have to network all the time yeah. early on in modeling. Oh my God, I mean, but in fashion, you just like go to parties. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and now I mean it's like on another right. level, but right. then it's like oh come to this party and then you're in. That's and then it. do you go up to people or they come up to you? Oh no, What's I it? I was also raised like you guys, like you have to go up yeah. and get what you want in life, yeah. and I think that persistence is key. And even to this day, when I get an email and I've gotten the same email from people in the same week, like three times, I will finally answer it after the fifth time. So persistence, you guys. But yes, I think that going up, introducing yourself, making eye contact, and having it be like this moment, those, those people will never forget you. We just wrapped up our Skim from the Couch book tour, and one of the best parts of being on tour was going across the country and meeting skimmers, hanging out with them, talking to them, taking pictures. I literally ran out of space on my phone because I took so many photos from the tour and took so many photos with all of you. I took a lot of selfies for me to give to Danielle in case she like misses me ever. Uh, I don't want to frame those, <laughs> but I do want to frame the other pictures. And luckily, we have something to make that easier. Yes. Uh, FrameBridge. We love FrameBridge here at The Skim. Uh, just go to framebridge.com. All you have to do is upload your photo. Or if you have um, like a physical piece, they'll send you packaging to safely mail it in. You can preview your item online, choose any frame style. You can even get a recommendation from their design team. Um, and honestly, you save hundreds of dollars that you would pay at a framing store. Their prices start at $39 and shipping is totally free. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code SKIM, S-K-I-M-M, to save an additional 15% off your first order. Again, just go to framebridge.com, promo code SKIM, S-K-I-M-M. Do it today. I do want to talk about something scary that I think a lot of people in this room want to have a conversation with you guys about is the big bad word of salary. Yeah. So how how do we have these conversations? Because 
For me, I've always been told, don't talk about your salary with other with other models or other people in the fashion industry because it's a big no-no. It's like always this like you're you're fighting against each other to make the most or to be on the you know top top list of this or whatever. But in the day-to-day world, everybody's trying to figure out their worth. And yes, we've talked about you know men and women and different um, different salaries. But how do you have that conversation not only with your friends but your coworkers, and then have that conversation with your boss and negotiating? So this is something that we feel very, very um, passionately about because we really messed it up before we worked with the skin. Uh, I think that it, you know, first of all, you kind of take a step back. Women and most of this audience is women. We we make less than our counterparts. That is a fact. Um, so in order to to really fix that wage gap, we have to talk about it because otherwise we're going to continue to not know about it, and that's the only way you can fix it is to talk about it. Um, so that's step one. Step two is when you were talking to your boss, like choosing the right timing. Um, you know, we've, it's, it's never- <laughs> If they're a morning never person gets, or a night person. Well, yeah, or if they're in the middle of giving you critical feedback, uh, you don't say thank you for that feedback. By the way, I'd like to talk I about need. my salary increase. And, I, you know, I will say like- You ask, might get fired. Well, asking, you know, talking about money is awkward. It never gets easier. It is always awkward. Um, I think that, you know, we feel it's our responsibility as, as female CEOs that like sometimes when we've actually done this with some of our employees, when maybe they went about it the wrong way, we'll kind of like be like, end scene. We're no longer your boss right now. Let me just talk to you. This is how you should have approached this scene. We've done that a few times. I love that. Um, And I think that I I think that's part of our responsibility. I think. Have you gotten good feedback from doing that? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, I think, you know, the other part is negotiating never gets easier. And I will say, um, we still struggle with it. And I think people are always surprised. Like, we still, we have a board. Like, we still have to negotiate our compensation and negotiate other parts about um, our jobs. And what we do is we, I hope none of our investors are in the room, but we literally uh, keep a script. Um, and we actually prefer to negotiate on the phone because we will literally have, we'll script it out. And it, it helps us. It's a confidence booster and it allows us to sort of stay on point and not fall into the traps that we all fall into. And we talk a lot about this in the book. That's but, interesting you make a script because I make yeah. a script for myself. Do you? I yes. Oh, I love. That. Oh no, 100%. Like I write out what I want. I write I even like write out sentences like that yeah. I know that I want to like yes. drive it yes. home. Yeah, we do that too. We yes. do that too. Oh, We're yeah. like here's the suggestion And now flow. all of you are going to go home and write yeah. a script. And I'll keep like the email drafts because you know we have like different mentors you know who give us different advice yeah. and it will be like so and so's email draft with their notes. So and so's email with their notes and I keep it all up and then our script and then we'll do it on the phone. Yeah. That's great. Um, let's talk about burnout. Yeah. What's happening? What do you? What's your advice for if we're feeling burnt out? Um, that it's a real thing, which you know the World Health Organization has finally uh, recognized, which I think yeah. everyone here probably knew. Um, I think that we spent the first two years working um, literally around the clock. We would wake up, try to get um, the business off the ground, meet anyone that we could, and we would spend our whole day doing that, and then we would write, and then we would try to go to a networking thing when we were fundraising, and then we would go home and edit, and then we would sleep in shifts, and wake up, and edit, and then sleep for another two hours, and 
try to start it all over again. Um, and we had to do that. It, it wasn't, it was on us, right? Like this was something that we were creating. This was something that we didn't have to do. It was just this great idea that we had and no one else was gonna do it for us. So in that time, we had to work like that. And I think that you should recognize that there are times when it is going to be like that in your life, in your career, where there are gonna be moments where you have to put everything you are into something. Mm-hmm. And then I think that there are moments where you f- are doing that because you feel like it's a trend or that you feel like being busy equates to progress or success. Or like the hustle and bustle of New yes. York. You feel like a failure if you're not totally. getting up at 6 a.m. I mean, how do you deal with it? You travel all the time. You just do it. No, I'm just kidding. For me, I've really figured out like what my me time means. And my me time is like getting up just a little bit early to have that quiet time, meditation, prayer, whatever that is for you. And the gym is important to me. And I schedule it into my day. And and, and I think that also just like at night, like I've been married for nine years and I know that there's a connection that I have to make with my husband too that just makes us feel whole and complete. So that's like for me to 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 have my me time and and to schedule it in is very very important and you guys talk about that in the book yeah how to skim your life um Um, we definitely and you talk about your sacred time yeah that's something that we started for our team because it was the only way that we were able to take a step back and sleep an extra hour or to work out Mm -hmm. um, or to go to therapy or to do any of these other things that you want to do and you put off. Um, So what we suggest to our team is to carve out that hour, put it in your calendar and talk to your manager about it. And you would be amazed by just how taking one hour out of each week can add up to a big difference. Mm -hmm. And it's really not that important. You're not really missing anything with mm-hmm. that amount of time. And I think, I mean, just taking a break, you know, I didn't take a vacation until four years in and like more than, a, more than like two days off. Yeah. And I, I felt, I, I don't know what, no one was telling me that I couldn't take a vacation. I just like, couldn't let myself do it. And mm. I was like, well, the business needs me or we're in it now. And like, we have to be in it. And I'm so like, honestly, I saw Danielle taking a vacation. I was like, well, she's doing it. But uh, I was like, I don't want to work harder. No shade. Uh, but no, I think, you know, she was right. Like she realized that like, we need to, we need to schedule breaks. And I think it's something that we both have tried to be very religious about. No one can run like the Energizer Bunny. You have to have breaks. And it's something that we try to instill within our own workplace culture. Um, it's something our community talks a lot about. And we talk a lot about it in what you have in your hands right now. The one thing I've never done is the out of office email. Oh, I put oh. mine up for the tour. I felt so good. Oh, really? Yeah. It yeah. didn't give you anxiety? I was anxiety? like, I'm just, I'm on tour. Oh. I didn't put it up yet. You didn't? But it's, it's going up, Have guys. you ever it's, done it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I when uh, <sighs> we go on vacation, I'm very serious about it. Like, the moment we that I get to the airport. our mail apps. Yeah. You delete it? I delete it. Yes. When I'm on vacation, I delete it. And sometimes on the weekends, I will, too. Should I do that? Yes. yes. It's amazing. <laughs> well, also, because the people that you work with have your cell phone number, right? Yeah. So if it is something where you need to be reached, yeah. you're still reachable. It's yeah. texting, calling. It's just like email is something you need to check, right? And yeah. so don't put the effort out there. Okay. I- <laughs> you're not going to do it. Easier you? said than done. Do it. I, I'll let you know. I'm going to Italy in July for do two it. weeks, do and it. I'll let you know. It feels good. So we just got back from our book tour, uh, which was so much fun, but also was really stressful because we had to pack for so many different locations and so many different events. And we learned 
sometimes the hard way that having the right bra is really key. And Third Love really helped us out because they make the best bras, comfort and quality. Yes, uh, they are super lightweight. Their straps don't slip. They have tagless labels, which is my favorite thing in the entire world because I hate to have an itchy tag. Also, it just makes sense. And they have more sizes than most other brands. Um, They have more than 70 sizes. Uh, So can't recommend Third Love enough. Uh, Third Love knows there is a perfect bra out there for everyone. And right now they are generous offering Skim from the Couch listeners 15% off your very first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash skim now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off. That is thirdlove.com slash skim for 15% off your first order today. Okay, so we're going to do a little light round um, remix for the night. Oh, yes. I'm excited. Yes, and um, I think there's going to be some questions that pop up okay. for, for all of us. But you have to answer them too. Yes, okay. What do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be the editor-in-chief of Vanity Fair. That is so fancy. <laughs> what? I don't know. I really liked it growing up. I wanted to be a cab driver. <laughs> I moved from Nebraska to New York, so I was like, on my way. Um, (laughs) But it didn't work. um, I wanted to be a journalist. I love telling stories. Wow, and I mean, you kind of are. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I am. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what the skin is. Okay, all right. What time is your alarm set? Well, no, you're just gonna lie. No, no, no. is a lie when it comes to this question. Okay, so Carly and I, um, we normally share rooms when we travel. Um, This time we're not, which we're kind of nervous about. But um, Carly does this thing where she'll set her alarm for a normal time, but she never wakes up. So she then, if you look at her alarm clock, it is 15 different alarms that go off in 10-minute intervals. And so if you're in the bed on the other side of the room, she just continues to hit the phone. Okay. I'm sorry, but I I'm the exact same way. Do you do the I'm the exact same way. I can't get up. The first alarm. I can't get it up It takes either. me seven times at I, least. Seven? Yes, it's I, really oh, messed Whatever up. time I have it's to get up, up, the alarm starts 90 minutes before that. 90 minutes? <laughs> Maybe Mine 70 must be 70. minutes. I don't know. Like, I usually set it for 6.30, and then I'm like out of bed by 7. Between 6.30 and 7.15, yeah. it goes out. The process starts. 6.20, and I have a snooze, and I get up by like 6.35. What? You're yeah. an overachiever. <laughs> I love it, though. Okay. What are you binging, binge-watching right now? Um, I love old shows. I, I just really watch, like, old things. Um, so I'm re-watching Seinfeld, which is really great to re-watch, except I realized that George Costanza's our age, and I'm having a very hard time about it. <laughs> he is? Yeah. In the show, George Costanza's your age. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I know. Right? That's weird. You just kind of hit me with something. I, yeah. I know. It's very weird. <laughs> Um, I just watched When They See Us, the oh, I know. Ava DuVernay yeah. Central Park Five story, which is... If you guys haven't watched it, yeah. you have to watch it. It is like, I, I'm glad I knew the All end the because it got me through it. So, yes. yeah, watch it. Inbox zero or 10,000 unread messages? This is a complicated question for me yeah. because I, I really vacillate. I am inbox zero or once it gets to like thousands, I'm like, I give up. 
And then, it, like, I've gotten to like 22,000 before, and then I will just delete all of, mass delete, and they just go away. And I'm like, if it's really that important, someone will email me again or tell Danielle. I have dreamt of doing that. No, I've dreamt of, how, did it work? Yeah. No, they really? just emailed just me. Went to her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really work. I need a business I, partner. Like, she's yeah. sitting in her inbox all day, and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm <laughs> inbox zero. Really? I, I go to bed with just three emails, and it's like my to-do list for the next day. Mine's currently like 5,000. <laughs> okay, where do, where do you keep your phone at night? Mine's oh, on the nightstand. Next to my yeah. head. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie about it. On the nightstand. It. I feel like I'm getting, like, dying of radiation or something. I, yeah. All the 5G towers and are gonna get And I've tried to put it away, but like, yeah. it just creeps back. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, favorite workout? Uh, yoga. Really? Oh, okay, that's great. You um, should do more yoga. I am big into Orange Theory. Oh, yeah. I wanted to try that. Oh, I should come with you. Yeah. Now we're going to answer some of the audience questions that you guys were writing while you were drinking. So, all right, here we go. How do you guys deal with people who don't understand or get millennials? Well, it's hard when people say that because we are millennials. <laughs> right. We had so, that instance last two weeks ago. We were how old are you guys event. again? Oh, yeah. 33. 33. 32. George Costanza. I'm 31. Yeah. Look at that. An older man came up to us and was like, millennials. You guys are all the same. You want the same thing. You're all lazy. You're all entitled. And I just like stood there with my mouth open. And Danielle's like, well, one thing we all really love is being generalized. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we had to ask him to buy our book. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, um, I mean, you could, first of all, no one wants to be generalized. If you're talking about a whole generation, you're talking about millions and millions of yeah. people. Um, it's just, I think it's like a silly, when people do that, we're just like, you don't get it. And yeah, you just kind of laugh at it. But also, we have seen a lot of resumes, more than you would think, oh where someone lists their occupation as professional millennial. Don't do that. Like, that is, yeah, That no. is how not I've to get hired. That. That's bad. I think you should keep the resume short. Yeah. 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 Well, just don't do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How, okay, so how did you find the confidence to launch your company? Ooh. I think because um, there's two of us. Yeah, I don't think, you know, we get asked this all the time, and I wish we had a better answer, but it was terrifying. And I think if you're a rational person, it is terrifying because you're, like, putting everything on the line, mm -hmm. and you are starting something that is only going to rise and fall based off of, like, the effort and timing and things you can control and things you can't control. Um, and that is so scary, I think. Mm -hmm having someone that we literally had to come home to because we lived together every single night being like, I'm ready. And you kind of have to go. Yeah. This is off topic. Uh, but <laughs> when you're interviewing potential employees, what do you look for on a resume? You know what? It's interesting. Um, I'll tell you what we don't look for. Never look at where you went to school. Never look at your GPA or anything like that. Um, we love when we see that people have either worked in hospitality, um, something that showed that they had hustle and multitasking. When someone puts that they worked in any, like bartending, anything in hospitality, we're like, you can juggle stress. Yeah, that's good. That's really important. I think having, um, when it says like, you know, interests, which is such like a throwaway section, mm -hmm. but when you see people um, put really interesting things on it, like actually yeah. our chief of staff, when I interviewed her, she had on her like interest part that she had raised X amount of thousands of dollars for um, Puerto Rico. And she talked through, you know, why that was so important. Her family was there. Uh, and that was just different. And she was real and mm -hmm. talked about something that really motivated her. Right. We're not just here just to do the job. We're yeah. people. 
Um, I want to ask for a raise, but I'm nervous. Any tips? Bring data points. Uh, don't just make up a number. You have to do your homework um, and then go in with that with those data points. You can't. You can argue with. Um, I think I deserve this, or your boss can argue with that. Uh, when it becomes like a subjective, when you keep it very objective around here is the data. Here's what my, the market is telling me. My job. I am worth. They can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay. Thank you guys so much. So that's our backstory. Thanks for hanging out with us. And thank you again to the incredible Ashley Graham and all of the moderators from the tour for trying to bring out the best in us. If you, like us, missed the class on adulting they didn't have in school and still don't have, don't worry, we've got you. How to Skim Your Life has tips on everything, from investing to picking out a bottle of wine. And I'm going to humble brag here, it debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list. You can get it by going to theskim.com and clicking on book. Again, that's theskim.com, S-K-I-M-M, two M's for a little something extra. 